0: Well, this morning early this morning the Lord began to speak to me about a certain message and and so I wasn't quite sure until Gary taught and I thought, yep, that was God. So we're just gonna go off of what Gary taught on this morning a little bit. I'm still beginning to talk about the two trees when I was younger and beginning to pray in tongues. And I'm gonna describe this the best I can and we had a bunch of young preachers. And as a young preacher, you, want to, you wonder how it's going to work out because there's lots of competition. You know, the worst thing you could do is be a, a wealthy person and walk into a group of young preachers because they're all going to hand you cards and try to make you their supporter. <laughs> and so we're all wanting to be ministers, called to be ministers, and there's a little bit of competition, like who's a better preacher? And you find that different people are attracted to different things. So we had one young guy who was a fabulous preacher as far as he could teach or speak really well and very articulate. But what he said was no substance. (laughs) And I thought, well, no one's going to want him to preach, but I found that he was the, the most popular preacher out of the group because people are attracted to that sometimes. And Pastor Dave came through and taught about praying in tongues and said if you pray in tongues a lot, it'll change you. Well, I had tried everything else in my life. I tried being disciplined. I tried being strong. I tried being bold. And nothing, I'd change for a week or two, then come right back to where I was. So I thought, well, I'm going to try praying in tongues. And I took advantage of that message. And and there was a few of us that really pressed in, but not many out of 100 100 young preachers. And I was getting up at 6 in the morning and praying, and not because I had to, because I, I, I really started to believe in that message. And I remember saying to myself, wow, this is great, I got the secret ingredient to make me go further than these other guys. You know, we're all seeking God and following God, but I'm praying they're not. I'm spending hours praying in tongues. They're not. I'm practicing the secret ingredient that's going to make me go higher on this tree of ministry than them. Because they're sealed. They're hit a ceiling where they only do so much. And as I was praying and saying that to myself, the Lord interrupted me and said, No, that's a different tree. And what he showed me, I, I never really understood the fullness until years later. What he told me was, No, that's a different tree that tree will never get you to revival. It'll get you to heaven, but not get you to revival. The tree of the walk of the Spirit is a whole different tree, and it will get you to revival. So I'm going to continue sharing about that. The way I want to start describing it, as we hit these things, for me personally, I I learn to articulate better as I go along. (laughs) And, And so I'm going to describe... The two minist- paths of ministries, as um, in Canada, we have a lot of, uh, in the mountains, we have a lot of uh, spruce trees and, and pine trees and very few fruit, fruit trees in northern Canada. Well, a pine tree grows big and strong, but it does not produce fruit. It produces acorns, <laughs> and you can't easily really eat an acorn. And But a pine tree is like a Christmas tree. It's just... Pines and needles, that's it. No fruit. No one goes picking fruit off of pine trees because there's no pine and there's no fruit in a pine tree. So I'm going to compare the two trees as a pine tree versus a fruit tree, an apple tree. An apple tree produces fruit, a pine tree does not. A pine tree is what we turn into Christmas trees. So in a pine tree, you'll find gifts and different things, but you won't find fruit. But a fruit tree is the only place you're going to find fruit. So I'm I'm trying to make a contrast between two pathways on this earth to serve God. One we'll call the walk of the spirit man on this earth, and the other one we'll call, call the walk of the carnal man on this earth. The disciples cast out devils in Jesus' name and they were not born again. The disciples saw the sick healed in Jesus' name and they were not born again. They were Old Testament saints without a nature of God in them. That means that there is a pathway even when you're born again to serve God the same way the disciples did with the carnal man. And there's a whole religion built around this carnal pathway. And to understand to begin to understand that you have to understand that you are also a two part being in that way. You have an inner man and an outward man. So let's go there first and let's talk a bit about this. Gary said this morning that God does not create new Christians. He doesn't birth new Christians out of nothing. That the only place to find new Christians is from the earth, from humans. Christianity, the family of Christ, are built off harvesting people who are already here. So we're we're going to start in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the key word here is transformed, and the other key word here is image. In every seed, we know that if you were to take a bunch of seeds, there's some seeds that look alike, but they're they're different. They produce different crops. And if you were able to splice it open and zoom in, you would discover that in that seed is an image of a mature tree, full-grown tree. And if you plant the seed and let it grow, what happens is the, it takes the nutrients from the earth and it begins to build the, the image that's inside of it. And so if you plant a seed and fertilize it and water it and allow it to grow, the image within the seed will grow only what is in the image. So you don't plant an apple seed and get an orange tree. You plant an apple seed, and you get an apple tree. And if you let it grow long enough, it'll grow so much that it will produce apples. But it has to mature and grow first. Gary said that this morning, that an apple tree can't squeeze out apples. It has to grow first, and then it naturally produces the fruit. So here we see the word image. So we are being transformed into the same image. So whenever you see the word image, I want you to understand that is your new nature. The image is within the seed of your new nature. Can you agree with that? Say amen if you agree with that. I'm going to go slow, not because you're slow, but because I need to not speed up too fast. So we are being transformed into that image that is inside of the new nature. The seed is the new nature. When you, hear, when you read the word righteousness, new nature, when you read the word image, that's talking about your new nature. And it's important that we know the difference here, because if we don't, we'll apply the wrong rules to the wrong thing. And want it to work, it'll never work. We, in, in the carnal Christianity, when I say I want to be careful, because when I say carnal Christianity, some people think, yeah, it was a bunch of, sipping saints and partying Christians and fornicating and going to church, carnal Christianity. No, when I say carnal Christianity, I'm talking about holy people serving God through their outward man. The difference between the two trees, the one tree of serving God, the pine tree, the, the carnal tree of Christianity, is you, it uses force. You force Get out that 's why when Gary said it this morning, I was like shocked like he 's stealing my message, like force like uh, he said that an apple tree cannot force apples to come out, it can want it, but it can 't force it. It has to mature first, so the fruit can come. So you only get fruit from a mature tree, so the carnal Christianity tries to force things, God said it. I believe it, it's so. That's nice, and that works for things you can do. Like God said it, I'm supposed to feed the poor, I fed the poor. I'll give you an example. Let me see, I got Jake over here. Jake, will you stand up and show all your girls aren't here to show off, but your wife's here, so show us your muscles. Give us the flex. There it is. Give us the Arnold Schwarzenegger flex. <laughs> Now, see, if you're, if you're living in the carnal Christianity tree, when I say carnal, I want you to remove sin. Don't, don't, I didn't, no, go stay standing. I don't want you to include sinning in that. I want you to include, with your best effort, trying to be like a Christian. So what can he do? And I, want, and I again, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to diminish anyone's life of serving God. But you know, can you quit drinking? Well, he can. He can change friends. He can quit drinking. And so I want you to pick up one of those chairs in front of you, Jake, and just pick it up over your head and and, and show us your strength. Look at that, boy. <laughs> now, nah, see, that's why he's got. That's I see why Laura's interested in him. there. Look at this. Is. Muscle. So now he's able to pick up the chair, and that's, that's the things you can do, right? He can do that. He could follow the scripture, feed the poor. He can stop and take money out of his count. Did God need to do that? And the difference between the two trees is one is because of what God is doing in you. The other tree is what you do for God. And you could take, good job, Jacob. We'll go back there. There's, I see there's one of those rows of chairs back there. And there's three chairs in that. They're pretty heavy. Um, I know Harrison could probably do it, but I don't know if Jake can do it. Let's see if Jake can lift that up. Oh, goodness, look at that. What a muscle man. You can give him a big hand clap. y'all. We may have to start a power team, you know, where they break bricks and baseball bats and that. and, And Jake can head that up. So, see, he could do that. Even though it was a little more effort, he was able to do that. And when you start to When you first get born again and they start to tell you what a Christian is like, we try to force ourselves to live like that. And many Christians have forced themselves to live like a Christian until they got tired of doing that. And they found themselves coming back to the brokenness that was always in them. You can force yourself not to live a certain way, but the desire is still in you. That's not transformation. Transformation. See, Now, Jake, that was very strong. Now, I'm tempted to see just how strong you are. Harrison drives an Isuzu Trooper. It's a a 1999. That means it's built like a tank. Like it's, you know, the repairman gets angry because to get to the brakes, he has to take off four extra parts to get to it. Because it's it's built for the jungles, you know. So I want you to go out. We'll we'll follow you with the camera. And go on out there, and I want you to lift it over your head like you did the chair. It's only, what, how much is it, 3,000 pounds? You know, you can do that. Can't you? Well, see, what just happened was I, I now asked him to do something he cannot do in the natural. That would be quite the miraculous thing to see Jake lift the trooper up over his head the same way he lifted that chair up over his head. And this is what happens with the the pine tree Christianity is you do what you can in the name of Christ and you, you begin to line up the things that you can force to happen. You can force yourself to give to the church. You can force yourself to go win souls. You can force yourself to go tell people about Jesus. You can force yourself to feed the poor. You can even force yourself to live holy. And that's, a good, that's where we start, because that's part of believing. I do what I can. But it stops there, because when you get to the impossible part of Christianity, raising the dead, casting out demons, when you get to the part of healing the sick, first time, every time, no exception like Jesus did, you hit a wall where, why is this impossible area of Christianity not, in, not on display in the Christian world? In the Christian world, we have some pockets of signs and wonders, but that's, that's like the Christmas tree where you open up a gift. It did, wasn't the fruit of the tree that authorized it. It was the gift underneath the tree that came from God. And God bless them because God's working with them, is happy with them. But you and I are on a path of the walk of the Spirit. And what that means, the definition of that tree is the only way to see anything from God. It has to come from God in you. That's different than God flowing through you. That's God in you. It's a fruit, the fruit of love. Pastor Dave always described it the best. Was The couple that went to marriage counseling said, we're just having a hard time. I don't like my wife. She doesn't like me. What do we do? And the counselor said, Here's what you do. I want you to get up every morning. I want you to make her pancakes, her favorite meal, some fresh squeezed juice. None of the store bought stuff's fresh squeezed, coffee, and uh, her favorite flour, and take it to her in bed every morning and tell her you love her and appreciate her. So the guy said, Okay, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll try it. So he did it. After two weeks, they came back and he said, You are a genius. You are amazing. You know, we had the best marriage the last two weeks. It fixed all of our problems. It's great. And then what happened, what's the story? After three months, was it? After six months of doing it every day, he came in and decided to surprise her with a different type of flower or, or maybe he put, instead of blueberries, he surprised her with little chocolate chunks in her, in her uh, pancakes. And she said, oh, I don't like chocolate chunks. And he said, I knew it. You, you're horrible. I hate you. And see, they went all the way back to where they started because they were forcing love. Whereas real love grows up in us through us to where I can't help but love. See, so many Christians are stuck in this tree of forcing things in the name of God. But Christianity, the walk of the spiritual man is not just doing things. It's allowing God to do things through you. See, we know that Jake can't pick up that truck, but how many think God might be able to, you know, pick up the truck with no problem? So we are after that part of Christianity where the impossible works through us. It's God, but it works through us. And it begins from these two words. And we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the transformation into that image. See, a seed is transformed into a mature tree by growing. You have a seed, and you plant it, and you leave it, and you let it grow. What happens 10 years later? You have This, this apples. These, the apples show up. But it had to transform into the image Within the seed. The image within the seed is a full grown mature apple tree. If you're still with me, say, good preaching. preaching. All right, I'll preach some more then. Now we're going to go to, we're going to follow, just follow through chapter 4 and verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our, I want you to see this word here. hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the way the same God that caused the sun to shine when there was no light in darkness, the universe was dark and all of a sudden light came into existence. When you came and knelt down at the altar, you came with the nature of darkness You are only from the species of darkness. And when you ask Jesus in your heart, he spoke light into that darkness, and light came forward. That is the the new nature. I remember when Jim Martin was preaching at the conference, he brought up something, and and the way he worded it, it just clicked so well that we'll even look at that verse here in a second. We'll go to that one in a second. Let's go to Colossians. I know I'm, I've been stuck on some of these verses quite a bit, but the imagery is very important. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Well, Verse 9. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So we know that to put off lying, we have to put off the old man. So that tells you where the source desire to lie comes from, is the old man. Say old man. man. Now don't look around. (laughs) And have put on the new man. Say new man. man. So the new man is new, like brand new, new. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. So the new man is where the renewing of knowledge takes place. According to the what? What? Image. So when we see the word image, we understand that means the nature of God. According to the image of him who created him. So according to the image of him which created the new man. You came to the altar with an inward man and an outward man. Let let me do my magic trick. I'm going to pull myself apart right in front of you. And as I pull my outward man off of my inner man you'll find you have two bodies standing in front of you, okay? It's like when someone passes away, they step out of their natural body, but they're still there. So I want you to see that you have a spiritual body right now and a natural body right now. And if I could pull my natural body off of my inner body without me going to heaven, I could do that and you could see it. You would see they were twins, Except the inner man probably is about 33 years old, we assume. The age that Jesus went to heaven. And maybe thinner, six-pack abs. we'll say. And all my hair, all that stuff. And then you got my outward man standing here. And my inner man won't have glasses and will be completely, is completely perfect. You have the same thing. Now you had it before you were saved. You had an inner man and an outward man. But you were completely dark. They both were dark because their nature was dark. Now, I hope to prove to you today that the nature is within the inner man. And this is where many Christians, spiritual Christians, get confused. They attribute the work of the new nature to the work of the spiritual body, the inner man. See, the new nature is complete, the image is already complete if you look in your new nature you will find, if you were able to look into the seed of your new nature, you would find a perfect, complete image of Jesus in his full maturity of love and holiness. That is within the new nature. But it's just in seed form. So we want the characteristics of Jesus to come forward into where? The inner man. See, it's the inner man that now is able to hold the attributes of Christ because it was also quickened the same way the new nature was. So the inner body, the spiritual man. If I, if I were the guy who uh, I talk about in Canada who was shoveling the snow off his driveway, which is what you do when it snows every day, you do that so you don't get ice, he went out there and had a heart attack. And he passed away, and he uh, paramedics were walking by, and they brought him back after a few minutes. So he was only dead for a few minutes. But his testimony was he walked around heaven for a few minutes, and then was brought back to his body. So let's just talk about that for a second. When your natural body falls off of you, you go to heaven. What do you look like? Are you a ghost spirit with no form, a little cloud? maybe a couple eyeballs, or are you an image of the person, a spiritual body? That's a simple question, not a trick question, because it's important you understand that and know what you believe. Do you believe we walk around heaven and you'll recognize me and I'll recognize you? And do you believe we have per- personality in heaven? How about joy? Is there joy in heaven? We're gonna, you mean we're going to be happy and celebrate? So that—is not that emotion? So your inner man, your inner body, contains emotions. But why is there? you think you're going to lie in heaven? You're going to go, yeah, when I was on earth, I gave $30 billion. Are you going to be able to lie in heaven? Are you going to be able to be angry in heaven? So let's say this guy who had the heart attack, Let's say he was kind of one of those mean Christians, just born again enough to get to heaven. But, I mean, he's out there angry that he has to shovel the driveway. I watched one video where this guy shoveled all the snow off his driveway, walked into his house and slammed his door, and the snow on the roof fell on the driveway. (laughs) So let's say he's out angrily cussing at the snow even, but he still goes to heaven. When he goes to heaven... Is he angry? Is he sad? Well, why is that? Because the old man, the outward body, contains the natural part of the soul, mind, will, and emotions. The carnal part of the soul, mind, will, and emotions, which contains brokenness and lies and cheating and and all the wrong desires. So he's in heaven. And he's Mister Sweetie Pie. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. tonight. Someone runs in front of him. He's in line to see Jesus. He's excited. and Someone runs in front, him and bumps him out of the way, and gets him. He doesn't get mad. He like, "Oh, go ahead, my brother." Hallelujah. You know. But then the moment they bring him back and he takes, he comes back to earth. He says, "What took you so long? You were giving me mouth to mouth. That's disgusting." Well, why does he have those emotions when he's back on this earth, but not when he's in heaven? Because his outward body contains the outward carnal part of his soul. See, now, it's tied into your inward man. The inward part of your soul, the inward part of your inner man, is now capable of producing emotions that come from the spiritual man. That is called the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the Spirit it means that you take from that image of Christ in you and you allow it to come forward and grow to it starts to produce fruit. And love is an emotion, joy is an emotion. You don't have to wait to heaven to walk in those emotions. You understand this because there's many times that God's told you to do things and you felt afraid, but then you said, I feel fear, but I feel peace. And you try to point peace on the inside. <laughs> What you're really describing is the war between your outward man and your inward man, the carnal man and the spiritual man. So as we go back to Colossians 3, verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So the old man is your natural body. How many know the natural body does not get saved? The natural body did nothing change when you got saved to your natural body. It was left in darkness. It was left dead. And it's going to rot off of you one day. And when the trumpet sounds, you receive a new eternal body, which is a replacement for this outward body. The outward body is not just your fingers and toes. It's also your natural brain, your natural intellect, your natural set of of chemical emotions. Unfortunately, God did not fix your natural man or quicken it or rescue it. He left it the way it was. Now your job is to mortify it. See my concern is that much of the church world is not mortifying their natural man. They've signed them up for church. They signed them up to serve God. And they're doing things that are possible and giving God glory for it, but never growing the inner man to the fullness of the knowledge of God. Let's go to first Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. See, you have a natural man, and you can live your life like an Old Testament saint, like the disciples, and know God on the outside. Experience God on the outside, and unfortunately, I see many people confuse spiritualism, a spiritual experience, with actual spiritual growth. A spiritual experience can be had with your carnal man before you were saved, and it can be had after you're saved, which means you seek the anointing, you seek experiences of glory clouds and speaking angels, angels speaking to you. You you seek experiences of uh, gold dust or even just... The anointing. We have a whole language built around this carnal tree of Christianity that is camouflaging the real tree of spiritual growth. And many Christians will live their whole life in that pine tree, wondering why they don't have any fruit, and living off the gifts and the anointing and experiences, instead of growing up in who they can be in God. 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, verse 1, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, say that with me, new. new. Now, see, here's that word new again. New means new, brand new, unused, just started. Newborn babes, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Now we're probably going to come back to that. Let's hold that thought, except for as newborn babes. So the moment you got born again, you become a newborn baby. That's not just imagery. That's the truth. What that means is your inner body, your spiritual man, was perfectly joined to your outward man. They were conjoined twins, perfectly together in unity. You lift your hand, inner man. We know our outer body is like a glove, but not. That's not where the problem is. The real issue is within your mind and emotions. And we can say will, but I like to say desires because my inner man has desires to serve God. My outward man has desires to serve itself. And I will fully decide where I, who I listen to. <laughs> you know. But you have a natural mind and a spiritual mind. An inner body and an outward body. You have a spiritual intellect and a natural intellect. You have a spiritual set of emotions and a natural set of emotions. And everything was great until you got saved. And then all of a sudden, when you got saved... We're going to go over to Colossians or to Ephesians. All of a sudden, when you got saved, you found out that there was a battle. You were torn. Well, God picked that battle for you happily with the hope that you would finish it and get to heaven and and eventually be getting your eternal body. Then there's no more battle. So this is part of the battle, understanding the battle. Uh, I'm in Ephesians chapter 4. We'll start in verse 22. And you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. There's that old man again. That's your natural man. You didn't get a new natural body when you were born again. Which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on... Say put on. I see some of you have coats. Who has a coat that's not wearing it? I'm loving using examples. Will you stand up and put your coat on for us? You shouldn't put your hand up. (laughs) She's like, oh man, what was I thinking? Now watch. She's going to put on her coat. That's because she wasn't wearing it. Now she has her coat on. Look look how wonderful and beautiful that coat is. Now what would you say if I said put on your coat? Put on your coat. It's already on. Put on your coat. See, to put on something means it's not on. What Paul's trying to tell us is you can take it off now. Thank you. Big applause. You did a good job. Look at verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the new man is not talking about your new nature. It's talking about the inner body. So when the when God quickened your new nature, it it quickened your inner body and brought it to life. That meant that all the intellect that it had obtained through all your years came from the world of darkness because it had a dark nature. All of its intellect and growth was wiped clean. And when, when, when um, Pastor Jim Martin taught about this, he said, the word create here is an odd word. He said it means create new, but from stuff that's already there. Well, that's we use the word quicken. That he spoke life, light into darkness. That, that he took the inner man that was already there and he made it righteous and light. So now You have an inner man, an inner body, that has the ability to obtain the very knowledge of God and know it. See, the natural mind that you have will never be able to understand God. If it could have, Jesus would have been able to talk to his disciples plainly. But he couldn't because they were wearing natural minds. So the goal isn't to fix our natural thinking. Our goal is to mortify our natural thinking and say, I no longer think out of you. I think out of my inner man. But the problem is, the problem is that inner man, now that it's born again, all the knowledge it has and all the emotional strength it has is like a little tiny baby. And that's it. That's it. and many Christians are trying to well, I'm complete in him glory to god and they're marching out trying to get God to tell them to do things and he has to treat them at their age age appropriate here's what you have to understand about the tree of the walk of the spirit is it's always age appropriate so God will never ask you to do something until you're grown up enough to handle it well okay I'm ready well, if he were ready, he would be, you'd be doing it already. I've just been waiting for God to ask me to do something. Yeah, what's the secret? Can you lay hands on me, preacher? Can I get in there? We have we a have in, whole industry of preachers harnessing Christians, reaping their funds in their lives, saying, come to me and I'll give you the anointing. I prophesy into your life and I activate. <laughs> I'm going to activate your calling. It's like, you can't activate a calling. You may be to announce what God's doing, but you're, just a, you're supposed to be just a prophet speaking for God. We have all industries where people flock to hear encouraging words that amount to no change, to no growth. Just come back next year and I'll take your money again. I'm telling you, I remember when Y2K came through, year 2000, there was preachers, I bought all of his... DVDs. He talked about the anti. This is the Antichrist. Y2K is coming. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. Then, then the year 2000 went by and nothing happened. He had talked people into buying land in the mountains and getting supplies and all those things. And I never got a refund for my DVDs. And not just that. The next year he had a new set of DVDs. Because the Antichrist guy died, so he had to come up with a new Antichrist. And there was no, oh, sorry, I spoke wrong. Sorry, I missed it. It, Just give me your money, I'll tell you some more stuff to make you excited. And on this carnal tree of Christianity, we have so much of our Christian culture established that's never going to get revival. And one of the problems is we use the same wording. Verse 24, Ephesians 4. And that you put on the new man. See, the new man is your inner body. And what he means by putting it on, it means that you have to take from the image of Christ, which is complete in you, inside of you already, God quickened the new nature. He took the nature of darkness out of you. You had to exist first. That's what Gary was talking about this morning. You had to first be born by the will of man and be in existence. So when you were born again, God created you new with a new nature from him, making you a new creature. And he also, because you had that nature and the image of Christ in you, which is complete, now your inner man is lit up by that new nature, fully righteous and holy, capable of holding the very love of God. you know what that means? God's plan for you is not for you just to serve him with your life. God's plan for you, little old you, no matter what your calling is, little, sorry, little young you, no matter what your calling is, to take the characteristics of Jesus himself. Because that's the image inside of your new nature. You won't find anything, there's not only half the love of Jesus. The image inside of your new nature is the full love of a mature Jesus. And for you to take that fullness of christ's love and to bring it forth into your inner man and have it grow up to the place where it is full mature and then from that source of love you look at the love that comes from your natural man and say i don't choose you anymore that was pastor dave's story about the wife and the husband he was trying to force love instead of grow the fruit of love Yeah, be nice to your wife, but you better keep praying to let that love grow, otherwise, you're going to go back to where you are. And that you put on the new man, which was created unto God, in true righteousness and holiness. So, the new man is the inner body, which is where your inner spiritual mind is and your spiritual set of emotions are. Now, one day, you have one soul that's tied into both worlds. One day, the ribbon will be cut the silver cord, and your natural man will fall on the ground. You won't have any more fear, no more problems, no more sorrow, no more sadness, because the source of all those things is in your natural man, the old man. All right, one more set of verses. We're going to go to John chapter 16. Gary got close. He was in 14 and 15... (laughs) It's like, oh, Lord, stop him now. I want to at least have something to say. (laughs) John chapter 16. Now, remember what Gary taught this morning, and it wasn't necessarily new, but it was refreshing, a refresher of the born-again trail, that God doesn't create new people out of nothing, that he has to harvest them out of a dead species of darkness, human race well here's Jesus talking about that and we'll end back in 1st Peter but we're going to stay right here for right now John chapter 16 we'll start in verse 19 now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him and he said to them are you inquiring among yourselves these are the disciples are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while you will not see me And again, a little while, you will not see me. Most assuredly, I say to you, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Then he says this, a woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow. Now, understand that he's using the description here of the sorrow they're they're going to go through is like a woman in labor. When she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take away from you. So when he's talking about I'll see you again, He's describing how he's going to see them again. He's saying the sorrow you're going to feel is like a woman giving birth. Now, these are men, hairy-legged men. How insulted would you be if I were to tell you ladies, you mothers, yeah, you know, me and Christy, we gave birth to two kids. Yeah, I feel your pain, ladies. See, look at you like, oh, You yeah, have no idea. Yeah. So here he's talking to these hairy men about giving birth. He's trying to give the imagery, I believe, that this new child being born is coming from their nature. He's using the material in them to create a new creature, a new species, a new person. See, you, actually, when you were born again, are a new person. But you're wearing the body of the old person. And he couldn't fix the outward body. He's going to replace it. Adam walked up to the tree fully light. He, let's say he kissed his wife on the, before, that morning. He ate the fruit and he turned into another creature. The r- Adam that God created was no longer there, that Adam actually died. But Adam still existed, right? He remembered kissing his wife earlier in the morning. He didn't lose all of his thoughts. He remembered that, but he became a new creature. When you walked up to the altar, the exact same thing happened in the opposite. You went from a creature of darkness. You maybe remember what you ate that morning, but when you got up from the altar, you were a new creature. A new person was born and created in righteousness and holiness with the nature of Jesus himself inside of you as your nature. You didn't come from nothing. He didn't just recreate you out of the blue. He had to take the material that came from your family, from Adam, and the miracle of salvation is in the end, when it's all said and done, in the end, when we're on the new earth, we'll be standing there we, I will be standing there with a new body an inner man, a nature and I'll be completely light, completely of God, nothing of Adam left in me. How is that possible to take me and rebuild everything around me, my very nature my bodies every part about me rebuild it all and I'm still there that's the miracle of salvation. That's the miracle of transformation. Transformation says you don't need to wait till heaven to live like a Christian. But many Christians are trying to force themselves to live like a Christian. And they, they've signed up their carnal man to live holy, to serve God. And they never get out of that. But the day that comes, they have to lift something that they, that's impossible. They stop there. And they build a religion right there. This is Christianity. We can't see the blind eyes open, so we're going to raise money to get the doctors to do what they can. Which is a good work, but that's why Christianity has the the label of being a social Jesus. Let's rally together and help people instead of the miracle working power of Christ. Back to first Peter. your inner man the inner body was created in righteousness and holiness and now has a new nature well actually let's go to romans 2 before i go to first peter verse 28 and 29 for he is not a jew who is outwardly nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh So his argument here in Romans 2 is that being born into Israel does not make you a child of God. Circumcision does not make you a child of God, The natural circumcision. Circumcision was meant to be a symbol of what salvation is, that when a young male is circumcised, they snip off the foreskin. And on the eighth day, they sniff the foreskin. Well, that's what happened to you when you were saved. You may not know this, ladies, but you've been circumcised. Look here, verse 29. But he is a Jew, or I'd say a child of God, who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart. Now, remember in 2 Corinthians, we read about the image, the light in the heart. Circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, this word spirit here is not referring to your new nature. This word spirit here is talking about your inner body. That a circumcision happened in your inner man. Where God snipped off the old nature and replaced it with a new nature. He quickened it. And the circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from man but from God. The circumcision is not a legalistic thing. It was an actual quickening of your old nature into the new nature. The nature you have is the smallest part about you, but it's the most powerful part. You don't add to the new nature. You don't make it grow. You don't make it mature. It doesn't gain knowledge. It doesn't pray in tongues. It's a nature nature. But it's inside of your inner body. It's your inner man that prays. It's your inner man that speaks. It's the knowledge of God going into your spiritual mind that holds the truth of God. And so when you gain a revelation, what happens is you pray and you pray and you pray. And the knowledge of God grows in your inner man. You may not realize it, but that's what happens every time you pray in tongues. Many Christians who pray are just like my kids. Do you go to school today? Yeah, I went to school. What would you do while well, I prayed in tongues for four hours? Well, great. What would you learn? Nothing. Well, my kids had to learn something because they're, you know, he, Harrison's starting his senior year next year. They're graduating. He's graduated. So he's learned something even though he would say, I don't know. I didn't learn anything. Well, that's like you. You pray in tongues. You say, oh, I'm not, I don't think I learned anything. Yes, he did. you learned something. Let's go to 1 Peter again, chapter 2. This will be my, may be my last verse. Verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. You can read your Bible as a non-Christian. And you can intellectually, carnal-mindedly find truths in the Bible. And you can force yourself to live by the rules in this Bible. We have people that do that. There's monks, there's unsaved people who devote their whole life to religion. But that natural mind will never understand the truth within these words. Let me say it again. The natural mind will never understand the truth within these words. Well, that's, I'm afraid that's what's happened to many people on this carnal tree as they're trying to understand God with their natural man while their inner man's intellect remains like an infant. So if someone gets born again, let's say, and he's 80 years old, they get born again right before he passes. Well, we'll go up. We'll say 100 years old. And right before he passes, he gets born again. I actually let a lady... To the Lord, who was like ninety-nine, a Mormon lady, and I was like very like, man, she just got in right at the last moment there. And when she got to heaven, her body didn't look like a little baby crawling around. So when it talks about a newborn baby, it's not talking about the shape of your natural, your inner body. He's talking about your understanding, your spirit, your intellect of spiritual truths, your emotional strength, your emotional uh, makeup. Does that make sense? So someone who's 80, 100 years old passes away, and they get born again. They'll go there but won't know anything. They'll have to be taught who God is. That's why Paul said, all that I know I I count it as dung. Because everything he learned from his carnal mind couldn't be, it didn't make him go further in his spiritual walk. He had to relearn who he was in Christ. And so here's, here's the image in verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now this is not talking about, how do I say this carefully? The image here is not talking about you just reading your Bible. Because you know that when you read the Bible, you will try to interpret it. And the way you'll interpret Scripture is how from your own natural eyes. That's what a revelation is. A revelation is you, you build up your spiritual man with knowledge of God that came from God. And eventually that knowledge gets so strong that it begins to challenge your natural man's thoughts about you, about God, about life, about prosperity, about healing, about all those things. And then you accept the truth that you built in the inner man. And you mortify the lie of the outward man. That is a revelation and it's not just for knowledge, it's for emotions too. You may have love in the natural. My love, the, you know, I'm a loving guy mostly, and I preach about love, but I remember years ago we rented a car because someone crashed into our car and, and we didn't have much money and we used, the insurance was covering it. And I took my credit, he said, I need a credit card for incidentals. I said, incidentals? No, the insurance is covering everything. No, you need to give us your credit card just in case it, No, because the insurance, you know, I'm not giving my card. You know, Look, we won't charge it. It's just for whatever. So I finally said, look, as long as you promise you won't charge on it, I'll give you my card. So I can get the keys. and And we drove it, and then I returned the car, and then a few weeks later we got a bill, and there was a $300 charge on our credit card. Well, that pushed me over the edge. I marched down there, confronted the guy in front of other customers, Hey, how come I got a charge? You promised me there'd be no charge. Oh, it's out of my hands. I, didn't know how, I don't know. Corporate must have done it. I don't know. I said, no, you promised me there'd be no charge. You're a liar. And I, I belittled that guy until he took it off. And I left there triumphant. So I found out my love of Alan can carry the weight of $299. But once you go over 300. <laughs> but that's what the carnal tree of Christianity tries to do. is say, use your love and give God credit. The devil's not afraid of that because all he has to do is add one more dollar to your bill and you're going to go off. But what he's afraid of is the love of Christ growing in you. Because if you grow that love of Christ in you and present, present that to the world... The devil can't stop it. There's no limit of that love. They can torture you. They can beat you. They can even stone you. And you're going to say, Father, forgive them. That's the love of Christ in Stephen. That's not downloaded. That's grown. homegrown. And here's the imagery in 1 Peter. It tells you how to grow as newborn babes. See, when I read desire the pure milk of the word I think the King James says sincere but that means non-tainted is perfect pure milk of the word see I thought like a Canadian mountain boy just a good good old glass of cold cow's milk whole milk none of this half 2% stuff cold out of the fridge building my bones strong vitamin D no the imagery here is as newborn babes What does a newborn babe do the first moment it breathes? Cries and then starts to find food. And where does it find its milk from? From his mother. Nursing. This is an imagery of nursing. Of where are you to get the milk of the word from? Gary taught about it this morning. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth will be like a mother to you will act like a mother does to a new, a newborn and feed you the pure milk of the word. See this scripture that I'm, bible I'm reading from today, there's all of the world preachers are using this bible and they are turning it by their understanding. Using the same by the power of teaching, of preaching and understanding is not in the reading of the bible. It's in understanding the truth that's within these words. And the only place you'll find the truth within these words is from the Holy Spirit teaching you, nursing you like a mother would a newborn. I'm not calling him a mother. I'm, calling, I'm saying the way a mother treats a newborn is how the Holy Spirit will treat you. Yeah. How many mothers we have here? I know, not, I know sometimes there's complications with nursing, but let's just say this. When you nurse your baby, what is it, once a day? I'm a man here, you know, I, 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 twice a day. How much does that newborn baby need to be nursed? Every two, three hours? Yeah, if you're a, if you're a man and you're about to have a baby, just understand that uh, your wife's going to be tired for a few months and, and wore out. Because all of a sudden she's got a little creature that needs her every two hours. <laughs> needing her. This is the perfect imagery of what Gary taught this morning. That the Holy, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is we are the born again child. Even though we remember who, who we were before, our rea- reality is we became a new creature. Because we got the nature of Christ. It brought to life our inner body. But now our inner man is, has no knowledge. All the knowledge it had disappeared because now it's light instead of darkness. Now it's righteousness instead of sin. That new man, the inner man, was created in righteousness and holiness. The same way he quickened your new nature, he quickened your inner body and left this outward body, just couldn't, didn't fix it yet. And he won't ever fix it. He doesn't want your outer man serving him. He wants your outer man mortified. And so many Christians are taught the moment they're saved, get busy, let's serve. And I, I'm for that to a certain extent, but not in the neglect of growing up spiritually. We have little babies running around in full-grown bodies trying to serve God and never going to reach revival, never going to walk in the impossible because the authority for the impossible comes as a fruit of a maturity where the image of Christ grows inside your inner man, and you begin to live from there instead of your outward man. How much should I pray in tongues, like a newborn baby? That's what we need to teach them. Welcome to Christ, you just got saved. What do I do now? Well, like a newborn baby, you need to be receiving the pure milk of the Word. Now, I'm a good preacher, but I'm not a perfect preacher. I may throw in, you know, you, you all. Uh, it's funny. Some of you like, oh, there he goes. There's Alan. That was God. Er, there's Alan. <laughs> you can you can tell when Alan steps in, starts barking about something, and you know, oh, that's God. That's the anointing. That's God. That's God's presence. So I'm I'm pretty good. Gary's better. Dave's amazing. <laughs> but uh, you know, there is someone who's perfect. And, and you know, I don't want you calling me every two hours. <laughs> you but you know how, when a mother a mother starts to produce milk, she wants, She it's like she has to nurse, right? The Holy Spirit's like that. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to feed you with the truth that'll cause you to grow. But where does the growing take place? Not in your natural activities, your natural output, your natural focus. Where does it grow? It grows in your inner man. And as the inner man grows from a newborn babe to a child, to a young man, to a full-grown man, that's when you see transformation take place and you begin to live. That's why I say in transformation you can't choose to be a child of God. Just the same way a caterpillar can't choose to be a butterfly. A caterpillar can only choose to go in the cocoon to emerge a butterfly. You cannot choose to walk in love. You cannot choose to be holy. You can choose to set that your course. But if you want to walk in true love, in true holiness, you have to choose to go spend time in your cocoon. That's praying, f- f- fasting, worshiping, meditating the word. That is your cocoon. And what will happen? Eventually, in your cocoon, no one notices you. You can't go do things. You don't feel like you're doing anything. But you emerge a different creature, a different species, a child of God on this earth, which means, just like Gary said, again, y'all, you know, it, was, it was just so perfect with what the Lord told me. God didn't want to just have Jesus by himself on the earth. He wanted to, him to come in up and be glorified so that he could make a bunch of Jesuses walking around. Not just Jesus in miracles, but Jesus in character, in love, in holiness. Because inside of you right now as a born-again believer is the seed, the image of Jesus in all of his maturity, all of his love, and all of his holiness already in you. But it will stay in seed form. And you'll live your whole life trying to act like it, but never becoming it. But if we spend time with God, pray and seek him, worship, praying in tongues especially, and then obeying what comes up, when it comes up, you will be like Jesus. That's what the devil's afraid of. You want to know why the devil's so afraid of the message of praying in tongues and worship and fasting? Why there's such a hard war? Because he does not want to deal with 20 Jesuses. Fifty Jesuses, and let me tell you, a thousand Jesuses. One was enough. Thank you very much. And the one Jesus beat him up and took and, and knocked him out pretty much. What are you going to do with twenty of them? He can't stop them. Let's keep praying in tongues. Amen. I love you. let's, let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. We worship you, and we thank you so much for it believing in us causing us to be your children created in righteousness and holiness that we have all that we need to grow in you, there's nothing that can stop us except us yielding to the flesh us yielding to the battle of warfare, us yielding to depression and discouragement well we choose life we choose victory we're not victims, we're never victims we are conquerors and more than conquerors And we thank you that you have before us a pathway of the impossible. A pathway of the impossible for each of us. And we choose that path. We thank you for it. Thank you for your strength, your courage, your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.